Till I'm tiptoed you. Dot com. The podcast about pop culture, black history, and spirituality. Yeah. It's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip. Gonna take it away. Till I'm tiptoed you. Hey y'all, hey, thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. It's your girl Tip. I am so happy to be with you today. Um, I have been MIA. That seems to be a trend. Fight me. No, really fight me. I need to do better. So today I, I'm, I, I thought about playing catch up, but I don't know if I want to play catch up today so much as I want to just jump right into some things that are going on. Um, some explanation of some things that are going on with me and introducing a new segment to the podcast and telling you some some good stuff. But anyhow, let me just tell you what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Homegrown, which is a new segment that will be on the podcast. I'm going to talk to you about uh, transitioning and what that feels like for me. I want to talk about Tory Lanez and colorism in the black community. As usual, I want to hit up the hashtag Ados people. And then I want to invite you to participate in some stuff with me. So let me just jump right in. For those of you who do not know, I have relocated from Albany, Georgia. Yay! Oh, it was time for me to leave Southwest Georgia. I was, oh, Lord have mercy. I'm glad that's done. Anyway, I am back in middle Georgia. Now here's where homegrown comes in. I'm 45. My parents are in their 70s. I have moved back into the family house. Whew. When I tell you it has been a show enough hoot, it has been a hoot. And in hoot, I don't have any negative or positive connotations right now. I'm just telling you it has been a hoot. Um, it, it's been quite an adjustment. And so I wanted to, uh, to introduce that segment today. Homegrown is going to be... Um, a segment on the podcast. I'll just tell you some stories and things that are happening, what's going on. Um, some of it will be comical, some of it will be uh, insightful. I'm going to just start off um, today with it. So let's go. Alright, so today's homegrown. I have been out of my parents' home for quite a while, right? Um, to save money, and because I hate it, I hate Southwest Georgia as a place to live, um, I have transitioned back into the family home. So for those of you who don't know the distance, my parents are in Warner Robins, Georgia. I'm about an hour and a half away from my job. Now, a lot of people are concerned about my ability to commute. And I keep reminding them that I've lived in Miami and in Atlanta. So with traffic, Commutes there can easily be an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes uh, to and from work. And so I just have to pull back on my muscle memory and get used to the drive again. It's not a big deal to me. I love audiobooks, I love podcasts, I love music. So I don't think the drive is going to be a big deal for me. Um, and it allows me to save some money. I'll be paying them rent, but of course it won't be the same kind of bills I would have um, in my own place. So I'm excited about that because I've got some business ideas that I'm keeping to myself. This time I'm keeping them under wraps because I really, really want this to pop. 
Um, and so I've got some business ideas and I need the extra income to save, to invest in some things and, and some property and stuff like that. So it makes sense for me to move home. It also makes sense for me to move home because of the relationship I'm in, um, is a long distance relationship and I need airfare. <laughs> so I need airfare. So it makes sense on the financial part. Culturally, um, my family on both sides, my maternal and my paternal line, have always been very close. And so living close to family, I think is good for me. Um, it feels familiar, it feels comfortable. I am friendly with my parents. So I have fun here. It's not, um, it's not as oppressive as it probably could be if they weren't who they are as people. I have fun with them. Um, like for example, Saturday, we were out at the AKA picnic. Some of you know, my mother's an AKA, my sister's an AKA, my father's an alpha, my brother's an alpha. So, you know, just doing stuff like that as a family is fun. So I get to do that. Culturally, um, I think black folk need to return to some of our home ways. And that's something that culturally we did. We had extended family. We lived in the same neighborhood. You know, your uncle was on the grill. You walked around the corner, you ate. Um, you know, the cousins played together, had sleepovers. That's how I grew up. My grandmother, my mother's mother, every Friday fried fish and the family would come and eat dinner together every Friday. So that part feels comfortable. It's familiar and I like it. Like I like being close to my parents, especially now that they're getting up in age. I want to be here for doctor's appointments and things like that. It's also good for me because as I transition um, to thinking more heavily about entrepreneurship and things like that, having a support system, people to bounce ideas off of, you know, people who know you and you know have your best interests at heart. It feels good to do that. Um, now, here's the part culturally that is a little bit different, and that is I was very concerned, and I think I'm still somewhat concerned, like if I'm honest with you, that people see this as um, a step back that somehow I'm not as grown as I should be at 45. And I thought about that because I don't want anyone to interpret this move as a failure. Um, you know, if, if, if I were trying to be, if I were trying to be someone I was not, I would tell, I would not be this transparent with you in saying that I don't want anyone to think I'm broke. Like I can afford to live by myself. I still own, own a house in Atlanta, right? So I, I don't want anybody to think I'm broke, but it just makes financial sense for me to be here as a single woman um, contributing to, to household expenses with other people and being able to save money, pay off some student loans and then set myself up in my business for success. It just makes sense to me, but I can't lie to you and say I, I'm not still bothered by what people may think. Um, it works for me because again, my relationship, I'm in a long distance relationship, so I don't have to really worry about um, what a man thinks if I live at home. He's actually been very supportive and, and it makes sense to him too. Um, so, you know, but there, there's the social capital, right? Of being an independent woman. I drive a nice car, I dress nice. But people will still, and I have a career, right? But I think people will still see this as, you heard about Tiffany, you know, she moved back home. Girl, what's going on with all that? 
I told you she didn't really have, you know, I, it's, it's that kind of fear. And, I, you know, it has made me reflective about me making decisions based on other people and not necessarily my own best interest. I made this decision based on my best interest. And I couldn't, I could not continue to be worried about what other people would say when I know this is what is best for me. And I just wanted to share that because I know there may be some other people who um, who are making decisions based upon what other people think. You, you can't do that. Like, I, you can't be, you know, my thing is being happy, healthy, and whole. You can't be wholly happy and healthy if there are parts of you you aren't allowing to express themselves. And right now, this is what I need to do. And I want to make it visible. This is why I'm putting it on the podcast. I want people to know, I, you know, this might be a good move for more people than just me, right? Our parents need support when they reach a certain age. We can um, save money by pooling resources, um, having support systems built in. My sister now is a single mother. Um, so, you know, having, I'm here when my nephews need a ride from, you know, school to Taekwondo, I, there's an extra body that can help facilitate that. And so it's, I've been cooking dinner for everybody every day since I've been here. So that kind of, that's what I mean by culturally, that's how black families sustain themselves by being collaborative and collective in their um, existence. And I want to return to that. I want to be a model of what that looks like. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's been all peaches and strawberries and roses, right? That's what homegrown is about. I want to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, let me give you part of the bad for me personally. And it may not be the bad for anyone else, but for me, because of my personality. The problem is that I am what some people would describe as an extroverted introvert, which means I'm very shy and I'm an introvert. I like to be alone. I am most productive when I am alone. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't like people, but it, it does mean that it, it requires a lot of my energy to be around people. Um, and since I'm at home and the way my family is, I don't have a lot of alone time. And I can see now, I was reflecting back on my productivity this summer thus far. I've not been able to produce a lot because it, I am expending so much energy in just being around people constantly. Um, I need to figure out a strategy for my alone time. Now, one of the things I've done, luckily my nephews, uh, my dog is very, is very vicious. He's not people friendly, right? He is aggressive. He's human aggressive. Um, I'm probably, he, and he bites me. So I'm the only person he doesn't attack. <laughs> Um, he only bites me if I'm bothering him and he doesn't want to be bothered. But, you know, and I'm not bragging on that. We need help. If you know a dog trainer that can help me with some rehabilitation training, please hit me up at drtip at tellhimtiptoldyou.com. But I have been using him to my advantage. So sometimes I'll let him out of his crate in a room and shut the door. And that, that way other people aren't going to come into the room. <laughs> right? So that's being me, me being sneaky about how I can have some alone time. The, the problem with that, though, is the way my family works, that also means I'm going to hear my name and questions yelled through the door 50 times an hour. All right, so it's tip. T, what did you do with 
T, are you gonna, you know, it's, or text messages from the other room, right? So that's an adjustment I'm having to go through. It's just the whole, what do you do? My father has made me his built-in IT administrative assistant type person because he's technologically illiterate. And so when he's typing on the computer or, or the mouse won't work because it needs a battery and just, yeah, I'm dealing with all of that. So that, that has been, uh, and it's quite comical. Oh my gosh, wait till I start telling y'all these stories. Like my nephew is potty training. He's hilarious. He's three. He just turned three in May. Yesterday, y'all, his toys were on the floor and he was trying to stand on a ball. And he's accident prone. He falls a lot. So I was like, oh my God, he's going to fall off this ball and hit his head on this wooden floor. You know, whatever. So he's standing up on the ball and I yelled to him from across the room. We are also very loud, okay? So I yelled to him from across the room, Nunu, get off the ball. You're going to fall. He turns around at me like he's 30 years older than me and says to me, don't worry about me. Y'all, this is what I mean. Like, how do you not laugh in his face when he does that? And, you know, I can't laugh because I don't want to undermine my own authority. It's just, and y'all know I don't have children. So being around children this much is, like, it's fun to come in the town and be the cool aunt who they only see like once a week or once every other week. And, you know, I'm all roses and strawberries every time they see me. So discipline is not really a big deal because they don't see me often. So we're cool. But now that I'm here every day, that has worn off and, you know, all kind of relationships are in transition right now. <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. So homegrown is going to me, is going to be me talking to you about those kinds of things. All right. All right. So um, let's talk about transition uh, because I have transitioned into my parents' home. I'm transitioning. Um, I think my ideology is shifting, like who I am as a person is shifting. And those transitions, I was talking to my girlfriend last night via text and I was telling her I have not, since I'm, I moved home the last day of May, so May 31st. And I was telling her for the last couple of weeks, I've not done anything. I've not kept appointments with people I've made. I've not, I've fallen through on some speaking engagements. I have not written anything. I've not um, created any products for the websites. Just, you know, it's just, I haven't done anything. And part of it is I have not had the energy to do anything. And she reminded me, babe, you're in the middle of transitions. Like you, you are exhausted. You are trying to hold everything together while everything is shifting. Like imagine four horses running in different directions and you're holding the reins to each. Like that's exhausting work. And, and if I'm honest with myself, when she said that it clicked and I was like, yeah, that is, I'm mentally tired. Like I'm trying to, I just moved. I moved from a three bedroom in, in Atlanta to a three bedroom in Albany. And now I'm in a room in my parents' house, right? So I've got shit in the garage <laughs> out there in boxes. I got stuff in a climate control storage facility in boxes. Like I have no clue where my shoes are. 
The only shoes I know where they are right now are the shoes that were in my suitcase when I made the move. But things I had to pack up and buy, I have no clue where my clothes are. Um, I, I'm recording this from a lapel mic because I can't find my blue, my, uh, my, my Yeti. I can't, the cords, for, I just, I, it's, I'm living out of boxes, I'm living out of suitcases. My mother and I are trying to purge. We have a closet room in the house. My father always, here's the good part. My father always wanted his daughters to be able to move back in with their significant others. And he built the house in such a way that there's room for everybody to kind of stretch out. Um, but because of who we are, we all got shit all over the place anyway in the closet. So like the closet that I'm supposed to be using right now, it's my sister's clothes in there, her husband's, ex-husband's clothes, the boy's clothes in drawers in there. And where am I going to put these clothes? So now I got boxes in the hallway upstairs. So I'm waiting to clean out closets and it's just a lot. It's a lot. And I had to, I have to be patient with myself because I can't, I can't do all of that and be productive every day, right? So I'm, I'm having to be patient with myself. And I think that's something I wanted to share that with you because I think it's something that all of us have to learn to do. And that is to be patient with ourselves. We're often much more patient with other people than we are with ourselves. And we got to work on that shit, right? There, I, I do um, a lot of negative self-talk that I would never talk to other people the way I've been talking to myself the last couple of weeks about being lazy. Right. But she I don't want to say she she gave me an excuse to be lazy, but she did help me understand that maybe it's not lazy. Maybe it's just it's overwhelmed. It, it, and I'm telling you now, I do realize that I am overwhelmed by the idea of finding my shoes. <laughs> so like at the AK picnic, I had on a really cute outfit, but the tennis shoes didn't match because I needed my white tennis shoes with the rhinestones on the back to match the black shirt with the rhinestones and the white shirt. You know, that it just it's it's hard for me to be completely me because my shit is all over the place and I just wanted to share that with you guys because I think a lot of us we don't we don't either either we don't have people to give us our truth so that we can hear it or we don't take the time to give ourselves a truth so that we can reflect on what to do to fix it so her giving me that truth helped me see you are justified in being tired. That doesn't mean that now I have an excuse to be lazy every day, all day, but it does mean I have to be strategic about the first thing I need to do when I wake up is to either write or to unpack boxes, right? Because if I get too far in my day, I'm not going to have the energy to do it. But now I can, I can see that because I had a friend to bounce something back off of. And I think, especially as an introvert, sometimes it's hard for those of us who are introverted or shy to ask for help and to ask people um, to see things. That's why therapy is so important in our communities. We need to be able to release some things and we do need people to come back and help us understand what is happening. So I'm all for mental health therapy. Y'all know I'm a life coach, um, you, but you need a teammate. You need a teammate in this. So um, I just wanted to say that about transitions. Just be patient with yourself when you're going through changes. The summer for, for a lot of us is a transitional period, maybe because I know a lot of educators and I know this is a time frame where things are readjusting in our lives and we choose to make transitions during the summer because we're off from work and things like that. So it's just a lot going on for a lot of us and I'm sending good vibes to all of you. Um, now, I wanna talk about this Tory Lanez scenario. So 
I don't even know who this dude is. The kids tell me he's a singer, uh, whatever. I ain't never heard of him. Maybe I know his songs, maybe I don't, I can't say. But I do know, I was extra excited the, yesterday because someone posted what seemingly was him shooting a music video, a director trying to replace a darker skinned model with a lighter model, and Tory saying, no, we're not going to do that. That's the problem in the black community. He made a whole social media post about it. And I was like, great, we have this young black man who is going to be uh, vocal about the problems associated with colorism in the black community. And we can have some serious discussions. And not a couple of hours later, it comes out that old dude staged the whole thing. Now, how do I feel about that? One, I think... The reason I was about to be excited is because that is such an important conversation for us to have in the black community, this issue of colorism, right? And it it hits home for me, um, especially right now because I have a nephew who is starting to notice girls and some of his preferences I have a problem with. Now I'm light, but if all you like is light women, I have a problem with that, right? Um, I have a problem with people assuming that just because you're light skinned, you're, it's some ugly light skinned people, y'all. Ugly. But I see some, some benefit given to them simply because they can approximate to whiteness. I have, I have heard my sister referred to as, she's so pretty to be a dark skinned girl. Like to butt, like like there's a, a clause on her beauty because she's of a certain hue, like that. That's some shit black people have to unpack. We also have to unpack why we inherently tend to trust people who look a certain kind of way. Um, how certain people are seen as more ghetto than others because they look a particular kind of way. I think our communities, and I'm not really in the mood to go deep into that right now, but I just think that's something we have to unpack. But I want to go back to this Tory Lanez thing, and the problem I'm starting to have uh, with folk is, is using real issues, right, like colorism, to sell yourself as quote-unquote woke. Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't even like that word, but I'm going to use that word because we all know, we all know what, the, what it means. Um, being woke is not easy. Like, there are some things. Sometimes I wonder how it feels to move through life carefree. Because there, once you recognize structural racism, once you know structural inequalities exist, So I think, um, like I'm aggravated by that, that you want the trappings of appearing to be woke. These FOTEP people, right, that want to light the candles and have the incense and things like that. Um, and I see I'm, I'm about to jump into something else I wanted to talk about. Um, but anyway, let me finish this up. That real life colorism is not trivial. Like it is something that we have got to really, really deal with and we don't need to play with it because now 
even if you were trying to spark an in-depth conversation about something that needs to be discussed, we're now distracted by your foolishness. And you, you're coming across as hypocritical because the darker model of the two is saying that you didn't talk to her the way you talked to the light-skinned chick who you were fawning over, right? So even in your attempt to appear woke, you showing us you sleep, brother. What the hell? Like, for some reason, culture has become in vogue. It has become in vogue to be a grassroots activist. It's become in vogue to talk about white supremacy and, and how we need to do better. But you out here faking the funk. And, and, and the shit is a life or death situation for far too many of us for us to take it so lightly as to stage something instead of just having a conversation. You could have just had a town hall meeting shit and been done. Okay? Okay. So while we're talking about fake woke, let me also talk about fake spirituality. Um, some of you know I do online, you know, intro to ancestral reverence type courses. I, I, I give advice on how to avoid being shammed by a lot of these online personas, sometimes face-to-face -face folk um, who are trying to sell you culture and spirituality. And, you know, so I'm on social media, so I'm using hashtags and I'm doing some hashtag research and I happen to just look at Conjure, right? And, and hoodoo. And I'm, I'm seeing all these new agey type black folk who are using these terms and I'm not seeing anything about you nor your pictures nor your quote unquote spells that have anything to do with being black in the South. And then I realize y'all faking the funk too. You just like Tory Lane. I've been real reflective about that lately. Like, what is my spiritual walk? Um, I'm a daughter of Oshun. I am not a priest of Lukumi, um, but I have been a devotee of Lukumi for over 10 years. Um, I have my hand to be five, got my warriors, I got my alekes. You know, so I, I, I'm a palera but I have been pulled more and more lately towards what my grandparents did. I, I am born of a conjure man. My grandfather was a conjure man in rural Alabama. Until the day he died, he lived on a dirt road. You know what I mean? I'm that kind of Southern woman. I, in fact, I'm making some hoe cakes and cabbage for dinner tonight. <laughs> I'm that kind of Southern woman. And when I see hoodoo and conjure being practiced in such a way that people are just ordering smudge sticks online and bottled Florida water and I ain't seen no pictures of you outside in dirt. I, I, I don't know. I, I know how it makes me feel. Let me say that. I was about to say I don't know how I feel. I know how it makes me feel. It makes me feel like y'all are shitting on the memory of my grandparents. Uh, my great-grandmothers were midwives and medicine women in, in rural Alabama. I also feel like I'm shitting on my own legacy because I'm not walking what they walked. I'm a certified doula, and I asked me the last time I helped in a birth. Right? That's part of those transitions I was talking about. I think I'm being pulled. Let me tell you something I know about spirit. You're not going to be satisfied 
unless you're walking in the way that God intends for you to walk. You're not, you're, you're, you will feel uneasy. There will be an unease about your life if you're not living in complete alignment with your purpose. I know that for certain because I'm living it, right? I think I'm getting closer to what my purpose is. But in, even in getting closer, there is unease when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm making it personal. This ain't personal right now. Except for me to say, be careful of these online personalities selling. First of all, who do and conjure were both, are both, I was going to say were, are both traditions of initiation. You cannot self-initiate into hoodoo nor into conjure. If you don't believe me, go read some of these anthropologists from the 20s. Go read Zora Neale Hurston because she talks about her own initiation. It wasn't that you picked up a book that listed some herbs and a dream journal, a uh, dream dictionary or something, and you become a spiritualist. That's not how this shit works. It is disciplined study. And you watching Instagram lives and ordering candles and oils from people is not the move. Because some of those people ain't got never initiation. They ain't got nary an elder. And if you don't see them with their hands in the dirt, if you don't see them picking and washing some herbs, y'all just be careful, okay? Just be careful. I am born of that shit. And I'm here to tell you it's not easy. It's not an easy walk. Um... And it just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing our culture trivialized. And I, I was telling somebody the other day that it's, it's, and you've probably heard me say it because I know I've said it on the podcast before. There's a scene in Spike Lee's Malcolm X where Elijah Muhammad uh, pours some ink into a glass of water. And he tells um, Denzel Washington as Malcolm X, if the people are thirsty enough, they will want to drink this. Our job is to give them the clean. Right. And I see folks out here drinking this dirty ass culture water. It ain't even real culture. It's based on nothingness. Umar Johnson It's based on nothingness. And they're drinking it up because they're thirsty for the truth. And a lot of us who know what clean water looks and tastes like aren't doing our jobs in providing the water to the people. And if you don't have the initiations necessary to provide the water to the people, then you should be putting folks in touch with folks who do have the initiations, right? That's one thing I'm very proud of. Nobody can ever say I pretended to be something I'm not. Yes, I teach on intro to ancestral reverence because I got that shit on lock, right? I got the juice. My people got the juice, I ain't got the juice. My people got the juice and they talk to me. All right. So I know I'm, I have that and I have been trained by elders to do what I do. But if you start asking me questions about Oshun, yes, she's my mommy, but I'm going to send you to a priest. You have questions about Ifa, I'm going to send you to a Baba. If you need a reading, I'm sending you to a diviner. You understand what I'm saying? 
Like my people will give me messages for you, but I ain't no diviner. And I think it's too many people out here who have gifts, but have not done the disciplined study to be authorized to share those gifts with others. And you, as a consumer of these things, have to be careful. You have to use discernment. And if someone is, and this is what I'm, I am, my, <laughs> this is nothing to brag about, but I'm barefoot most of the time. My feet are dirty. Because I know that work, walking on the ground outside does some things to me energetically and spiritually that need to be done to me, right? But if someone is on Instagram with the perfect ankle bracelets and the, I have pedicure feet, so, you know, they're not, the, please, I'm post a picture, don't get it twisted. I got cute feet now. But I'm just saying, if everything is staged, I wouldn't trust it. Who do and conjure a dirty work? They are dirty. I don't have no other way to say that. If they're not working with mud and dirt and dust and dead things, they ain't working no hoodoo and no conjure. I don't know how I got on that. I'm getting off that. I'm talking about what's real though. So Tory Lanez was fake. Some of these conjure new agey people, they're fake. Yeah, let me hit up Ados because it's about time for me to hit that up again. What I have discovered about American descendants of slaves as a quote unquote movement is that they lack knowledge of black history. They say things as if they are just discovering the reparations movement when the reparations movement has been what do you think radical reconstruction was about you think black people just got the idea for reparations you think sandy darity is the first person to study you ain't never heard of randall robinson the debt you ain't read that book all this shit is new to you you ain't never heard of the pan-african congresses you didn't know the unia had chapters all over the world no, you didn't know that because you're using YouTube and Twitter to inform your whole movement. And let me get back to Darity. He's a brilliant sociologist, right? But stay in your lane, brother. Let me. I have realized as I, I as if I as I blah, as I have grown in academia, I have realized that there is a black canon, a black studies canon, and that because black scholars are marginalized and underestimated. The knowledge we produce is not mainstream, even in academia. And so scholarly initiatives, scholars doing work in and around blackness and diaspora and reparations have been ignored. So someone like Darity, who hadn't touched an HBCU, right, um, can be trained by people who don't look like us in a history that does not necessarily center our, 
our experiences and think he is doing new things and convince other people that what he's doing is something new and not an offshoot of shit that's been going on for hundreds of years. We have got to be connected to history, y'all. That's why I do the free history classes. In fact, if you subscribe to Tell Them Tip Told You or even my educational consulting website, www.pogueeducationalconsulting.com. Um, if you are subscribed to either of those two things this week, I am sending out a quick history video on Juneteenth because I am convinced that the more we know about who we have been, we can better understand who we are and then hell, it becomes even more clear where we got to go. Right. But you got to be you got to be anchored to some history and Ados just ain't Ados just in. All right. So I have been all over the place, which is what I was trying not to do. I was actually trying to be structured this week, but I still ain't there yet. I'm still not there yet. What I'm going to try to do this week. So make sure you subscribe to Tell Them Tip Told You um, on the Facebook page. Facebook, just look for Tell Them Tip Told You. And so that I can do a lot. I tend to do, you know, I think we have better conversations when, when we're on live. So let's do a Tell Them Tip Told You live um, sometime this week. I'll post a poll today. So you, you vote and let me know what day is going to be best for us. Let's do a Tell Them Tip Told You live. I'm going to go ahead and try to get this video, this podcast um, published, edited and posted today. Um, I have put out a call for podcast guests. I've got some applications to go through. I'm very excited about that. So we're going to start recording the applications. If you are wanting to be on the podcast, here's my requirement. You got to be doing something for the good of your community. That's my only requirement. All right. So if you are interested in being a podcast guest or you want to nominate somebody, either send me an email to Dr. Tip at tell told you dot com and I'll send you the link or go to the website. And on the first page, it says um, be our podcast guest. Click on that and it'll take you to a Google form and fill out and I'll be in touch. I have enjoyed talking to you guys today. I got a lot more I want to talk to you about, but I feel like I'm rambling and I need to get some stuff done around the house because, again, my shit is in boxes everywhere everywhere so uh, y'all have a beautiful rest of your day tell them to told you love you guys bye